Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ, a podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania, dedicated to connecting the liturgical and spiritual life of the Orthodox parish with the life of the Orthodox home, presenting the weekly homilies of our parish pastors, Father Noah Buscelli and Father James Thayer, as well as discussions of the liturgical year and Orthodox life and practice by Justin Gold and Jeff Hyatt. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Amen. Creation is so enormously filled with God's wonder. Everything we see is, in, is a representation to us of God's presence. And here especially, we're surrounded by valleys and mountains and rivers and lakes. We have the opportunity to really see the beauty of God in His creation. And one of those beautiful things is a river. And a river flows, and it flows very fast, and everything it encounters, it brings life to it. The jagged and sharp rocks are made soft and round. The river represents God's mercy, but it also represents us, because we have the potential to be vigilant and fast-moving for Christ. However, do we, do we use all of our time for Christ? This is what the Church gives us to examine on this Sunday. The Sunday of the Ladder and of St. John Cassian is one of the paramount Sundays of the Church year because we look at this icon here of the Ladder and Although it's sort of glorious, we get to see all of these people being elevated into the kingdom. We also get to see the demons with hooks on the feet of some people, yanking them down off of the ladder. And who will we be? Will we be the one who is gloriously climbing the ladder, or are we going to be the one who's being pulled down? St. John says about repentance, it is the cleansing of our very conscience. Paradoxically, those who repent are the very people who deserve a guilty verdict and yet leave the court without shame. Since repentance is our peace with God, repentance is a complete liberation from sorrow and pain. Is there sorrow and pain in God? Is there worry and trouble in God? There isn't. We bring these things upon ourselves. When we live within the world, and not just that we are living in the world and we're working in the world, but when we live internally in the world, when the kingdom of heaven is not that which occupies our mind, how could we be the one to ascend to the kingdom? A lot of times people will come to me and say something along the lines of, you know, the liturgy is so beautiful and everything, but it's so long. Can't we make it a little shorter? Isn't there something we can pull out of there? Well, if we can't handle a two-hour liturgy on earth, how are we going to handle the eternal liturgy? How are we going to be the ones ascending into the glory of God if we do not have the kingdom on earth in our hearts? When we give ourselves to the evil one, when he takes our thoughts, 
and he begins to make them into his playground. We're bringing ourselves sorrow and pain. However, when we bring a spirit of humility and a spirit of peace, as we've been praying for in the prayer of St. Ephraim during Lent, we bring ourselves to God. We are raptured by Him. He fills us and we fill Him. Our love is shared. It's canonic. Then, even when we're confronted with sorrows in our life, losing loved ones, finding out that what we thought was the truth wasn't, these are the sources of anger in our lives. And it's because we've lost trust. But brothers and sisters, trust is in God alone. If we don't trust in God, how will we be able to trust our brothers and sisters? And a world without trust is a world of anger and discontent, something we're experiencing today. I heard a story this week, and I wanted to share it with you all. I don't know if any of you know, in Taylor, Pennsylvania, there is a miracle-working icon, an immersed streaming icon of the Mother of God called Cardiotisa. And what that actually means is heart of gold. And her myrrh that she streams is gold and fragrant. And you can feel the presence of the Mother of God there. Father Mark, the protector of the icon, told us a story and he said he had had a family come in and they had a few children. And so he encouraged the children to write out small prayers to the Mother of God and keep them with them so that they can keep praying them and keep the Mother of God in their hearts. And so this is what one of the children, Danny, wrote. Dear Mary, please help my autistic brother. He can't talk and sometimes he gets so angry that he can only cry and people don't understand anything about him. I don't know how to help him, but I'm sure you can, even if it means taking something away from me. Love, Danny. St. John taught, don't use fancy words when you pray because it's often the simple and plain murmuring of children that delights the heavenly. How could the mother of God ever reject prayer as humble and simple as Danny's. If we bring ourselves to the church with this spirit, a spirit of simplicity and a spirit of giving, of opening oneself, how will Christ deny us? How will we be not the ones to climb the ladder two rungs at a time, not just one? This is the ladder. Our Lord is working paradoxically. When we sin, he doesn't care. When we come to repentance, that's what makes him not care. All of us are gonna sin, brothers and sisters. We're gonna fall. We can make vows as much as we want, but we will fall and we will break them. And the reason for that is our own human frailty. When we come to understand that we're just men and women. Then we understand that God is what sustains us. God gives us life, he brings us into repentance, and he turns our sins, our list of sins, into nothingness. It vanishes.
That is the beauty of God. However, what if we don't come with humility before Christ? What if we give in to this world? If we give in to all of the so-called pleasures of this life? What's going to happen when we get to this ladder? My brothers and sisters, the demons have their hooks on our feet, but we have to let our foot off the ladder first. We have to fall into sin in order for them to catch us and to bring us down. But it's only us who start it. And that's why today we have to start working towards repentance. It seems like every time I preach to you all, I preach on this theme of repentance. But this is what the church is teaching. That's why this building is here. It would be nice if we all pretended that we were some big homogenous community and all of us had achieved dispassion. We were all living saints coming together just to have a cup of coffee and offer some worship to God. That would be a nice thought. But the reality is that this is a hospital. And you've heard this before, but it needs to be said again that each and every one of us is dealing with a terminal illness. We will all die. And that death is what we have to ask ourselves what we do with. Will we be raised into the glory of God? Or will we perish on the hooks of the demons? So, there's just two short weeks until our Lord enters Jerusalem to embrace His passion. And in those two weeks, we have some time to really regroup and make the best out of these last two weeks of Great Lent, and to prepare for the holiest of holy seasons. And so, in the spirit of St. John, let's offer a small, childlike, and joyous prayer. O oh God, send me my guardian angel to pray with me and strengthen me only to do your will. Amen.